famous scenes with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, the popcorn is on me To meet me at the movies, I am Noel T. Manning II. I hope you're enjoying yourself, because dang it, we sure are, uh, hanging out with Mr. Thomas Manning. Thomas, good to see you, buddy. Hey, How are you? It's good to see you, too. I'm always happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it shows. Yeah. It shows, man. And we've also got, we've got uh, Dudley Do-Right over here, Mr. Greg Tillman. Dudley Do-Right. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was going to go a little darker, but I'm like, no, you need, you need I, to have some light. I thought you were going to make fun of my beard. No, I mean, I like it. We were talking earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes you a little more mature, you know? Yeah, yeah I, what does that mean? I, you, I said, think, you said I made it a little more intelligent. I think intelligent. What the heck? Yeah, yeah I, look, Most of my I life, I haven't had scenes. it. Seems to make you look more intelligent. See, that's not, that's worse because you're saying <laughs> if you didn't have it, you wouldn't look intelligent. But with it, you seem more intelligent, but you're not. Well, you know, it's not meant to be a compliment anyway. So. <laughs> I know. Look, moving on, maybe I'll hey, just edit we, all we, this we, out. You know what? After two years, we got Tim back on the Tim Cam. Look at that, Tim. What, what, uh, wait a talking. minute. I had no, I had no clue the show was still on the air. <laughs> you can hear. First it. of all, that's right. You can hear. Yes, the yeah. show is still on the that's air. That's my security behind me. I yeah, hired like these gentlemen security. recently. Yes. I like those guys. Yeah. You yeah. Got, is that is that what like Chris and Randall? Is that's that Chris and Randall. Yeah. Chris security. Security. Yeah. That we. It sounds like a comedy team gone wrong. It is. It is a comedy. Now, team gone wrong. And now opening up for for Burton Ernie. Burton Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Chris and Randall. <laughs> I do just have one well, other I'll give thing. Them a break. They're yeah. freshly paroled. So they're trying to turn things around. <laughs> you got something else to say, Tim? Well, just one thing to say, you know, it's the 40th anniversary of C19. 40th anniversary. And I remember when this show was on in 82. No, I remember when you had here. Remember when Thomas, he was just born then? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, or is that, was that another show, maybe? I, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, but, but we've been doing movies for a long time. Yeah. And well, let's talk movies. That's Arguably too long. <laughs> well, we're glad to have the entire uh, cast and crew back, and we do have quite a bit to talk about. Uh, including uh, pretty much, if you watch this show late at night, you could actually call this Nightmare Alley. So we're going to dive right in to the movie Nightmare Alley. And I don't know that that's the actual um, backdrop for it. For the <laughs> yeah, it actually is. Guillermo's is really? name was Benito. Okay. I checked. I know what you're thinking. It's right. Well, sometimes the graphics that, that Greg pulls up are, are, have nothing to do with the movie, but this one does. So. You have a problem with creativity? <laughs> actually, oh, I love creativity. That's actually the 1947 Nightmare Alley on that graphic, but. <laughs> but it had Guillermo del Toro's name underneath it. It's right. close enough. It's close you know enough. What? Everything old is new again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's coming from the guy who looks like Orson Welles. Wait, no, that, well, you said that. That's right. All right. That would be dead again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas, dive in and get some thoughts, man, on Nightmare Alley. Nah, the, uh, not, not the 1947 version, but the Guillermo del Toro version. Yeah, not this one. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I lived on Nightmare Alley. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I'm, I'm Yeah, up. I'm growing up in Nightmare Alley. <laughs> I bet you did. Oh, oh, I bet you did. Yeah. So. I get all the that love. Ex that explains a lot. Yeah. I get yeah, all the love, does. all the love. Yeah. Bring it on, man. Bring all right, on. so this is, you know, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, uh, the 2021 film, not to be confused, the 1947 film directed by Edmund Golding, <laughs> which was itself based on the 1946 novel by William Lindsay Gresham. Uh, so we have a great ensemble cast here. He's such a show off sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does well, his well, research. Who did you say the original director was? Uh, Edmund Golding. Yeah. That's English for Guillermo de Toro. <laughs> Just saying. All right. I took Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he's had a long career, like seven decades now. He's holding up pretty well. Yeah. You live right, you know. Exercise. I'm going to dive into this. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to dive into it anyway. <laughs> anyway, we're working with a great ensemble cast here of uh, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, uh, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, um, and David Strathern, among others. Uh, and so Del Toro, his ability to craft, um, you know, craft visuals and just craft the mood and the atmosphere with the visuals uh, is really unparalleled as a filmmaker. Um, and what he has with as far as a visual imagination, it's one thing to, you know, just envision that and just like, you know, maybe sketch it out, put it on a page, but to actually like, you know, craft it into a film and a coherent story, that's an entirely different thing. And the way he is able to draw all that together is, you know, truly admirable. I compare Del Toro to Peter Jackson, uh, the similarities and what they can do, especially with that, like you said, that, that vision uh, of bringing it from uh, not just page to screen, but going from from page to storyboard to screen because sometimes that storyboard is where the creativity really comes to life and I think we, we see that with Del Toro films and with Peter Jackson films. Yeah, yeah, it's like watching either one of those filmmakers, watching their films is truly an experience. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're just watching a movie just for entertainment, popcorn entertainment, there's nothing wrong with those, but for these you are completely in that world and they there's it's like there's a magnetism there. Absolutely. That you just kind of a, enchants you and allures you. Got a thought? I haven't had a thought this calendar year. <laughs> well, you just look like you're going to say, say something or just fall asleep. I wasn't sure. I was which, dozing. So I was wanted to give to you a chance. Yeah. Wanted to give you a chance. I had uh, a late lunch, and it's you know. Here, it's kind of impeding your, uh, you know, your mental facilities here. A little bit. Uh, the battery's dead, basically, yeah, yeah. across <laughs> the board. Yeah. It's all right. No die hard there, man. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, and a lot of the, a lot of visually with this film, uh, props go to uh, our direction team, production design team, costume design, hair and makeup. Also, the director of photography, uh, Dan Lauston, and um, he's worked with Del Toro before, and they have a great creative partnership. Uh, also, yeah. the score um, continues to build that just really eerie atmosphere. Uh, the score is from Nathan Johnson, who is actually Ryan Johnson's cousin. And really? Has, uh, you know, you're making that up, man. I'm not making that up. No, no, no. So okay. Nathan, Nathan is a, has scored like all of Ryan Johnson's films, except for Star Wars, of course. Okay. But, uh, so Nathan uh, is working with Del Toro now. So Wow, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you do. See, so. you learn something on the show. It's educational TV. Educational TV. Well, that's what this channel is all about. It should be. Yeah. It should be. So, yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to give you a shot to uh, talk a little, bit, a little bit about the performances here uh, because from this great uh, cast. You know, I, didn't, I, I thought the performances were subpar. I didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. I, I thought the movie itself was just kind of, you know, if it was the mud under my feet, that's pretty much what I know. I, wow. I, I, kind of no, how you treat me as a son. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I thought the performances, I thought the casting was incredibly solid for this. You know, you talked about the technical aspects of it, and I think even anybody cast in this film would have looked good based on what, what they surrounded it with, but having the, the, the talent that you mentioned involved in it, that, that only enhanced what technically was actually a marvel. And I wish more people would get a chance to see this film. It's one of those that, that's really kind of flying under the radar. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening during award season as we're in, but uh, I, I thought the, the the casting and the characters that they were cast into, absolutely magnificent. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned that not a lot of people saw it. Uh, so it came out like the week after, maybe the week of Spider-Man No Way Home, and 
everybody and their moms went to go see Dad, but um, <laughs> yeah. but not many people went to see Del Toro's right. Nightmare Alley. Um, and so theater theatrical showings for it were very limited. Uh, and it is still playing in some theaters, and there's also a special black and white version of the film. Oh, I'd love to uh, see that. Yeah, I would love to yeah, see the black because and white just the way the lighting, the shadows yeah. are in this movie is incredible. Um, and but it is also available to stream on HBO Max as of February 1st. So um, there's there's chances for you to watch Nightmare Alley now, even though over the past couple months it might have been more difficult. But if you uh, if you have access to it at this point, I would definitely say seek it out because it'll be well worth your time. So, so story-wise, what do you think? I mean, how would you describe this story? Because it's a period piece, which kind of lends to the the black and white nature of it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a um, it's about this grifter who uh, is um, he's a journeyman grifter who is, you know, uses. He's very observant of every situation he's in and of the people around him and knows exactly which like weaknesses to pinpoint and to take advantage of. And um, it's, you know, kind of like you. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, more like Tim Foster uh, back there with the Tim cam. He knows which camera to go to to take advantage of the uh, absolute worst shot. Uh, he's well, good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it definitely has that noir feel. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think. I haven't seen Bradley Cooper in a performance in a role like this before, right. but he, um, you know, he continues to impress me with his range. And I mean, I think he kind of built up this persona as this this comedy guy or this kind of rom-com guy. Um, but over the past few years, he's really continued to like display his dramatic chops. Yeah, so. and, but he can still go back and do some comedy. I mean, yeah. we saw him this year in uh, Licorice Pizza. He had a small role in right. that, and it wasn't really comedy, but yet he put some some uh, comedic uh, twist on it. But yeah, I mean, first time I ever remember seeing Bradley Cooper was on a TV show called Alias that I absolutely loved. I didn't know he was on Yeah, that. yeah, he was a, a regular. He was a regular oh. on that. Yeah, until his head got exploded. Mm. Um, he, there was some kind of microwave uh, accident in, in the apartment. Uh, a spoiler, no, no happens, that, that, that didn't really happen. Right, I see your hand. You have a question, sir. I, actually, I do. Uh, <laughs> does this movie have uh, the, the fish man in it? <laughs> You know, uh, like uh, Tor to to Toro's last thing. Uh, shape of oh, Water. Shape of yeah, Shape of the Water, the fish guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be cool. That would, I would love to see him again. I'd love to see that. I'd love that to see him in a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the same actor who played that role is in Discovery? Yes. Okay. He was yeah, also he's, in Hellboy uh, as well. In Hellboy. Yeah. That's right. He was in Hellboy. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I can't remember his name on Discovery. But yeah, just, just Fish Boy. Just Fish Boy. Fish, Fish Boy on Discovery. Fish Boy. Right. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Because we, we've taken the whole uh, half first half of the show talking about stuff that's not movie related. So, <laughs> anything else you want to share about Nightmare Alley? Uh, I'll say our, our guy Tim Blake Nelson makes a cameo in here. Yes, he and does. it's, you know, it's when you think there's no possible way that Tim Blake Nelson can appear in this film because we're at the end of it. <laughs> and then lo and behold, there he is. And um, so, just, yes. I love that guy. I do too. And uh, anytime he pops up, that, you know, it gives an extra half star for me. It so. really does. I love the movie. Uh, it's, it's well worth checking out, uh, especially if you love these kind of mysteries and you love a film that's just. It just looks beautiful uh, on, on every level. Solid film. What's your rating for this, Thomas? Uh, solid A for Nightmare Alley for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. A, a rating for Nightmare Alley, uh, the, 19, the 2021 version, uh, and 2022 if you're watching it uh, this year. Uh, the 1947 version, we'll have uh, Greg Tillman review from The Vault coming up in just a few weeks, and uh, he'll also give us a book report of the 1946 
46 book. That I love it was that based vintage on. poster they chose to use on the new film. <laughs> exactly. That's, that style is great. It's perfect. It's timeless. It's timeless. It is absolutely timeless. Uh, speaking of step, stepping into another time and another universe and a galaxy far, far away, um, it's amazing that we're still talking about things Star Wars related all these years later when we saw uh, you know, a series of films that we, we thought were ended you know, in, the, in the 80s and we're like, wow, we kept hoping, hoping that we would see, these, see some of these characters or at least storylines pop up again. It finally happened years later, decades later, but here we are now, we can't get enough of Star Wars related uh, TV, movies, and, and other things, and streaming, uh, the book of Boba Fett. We've got Boba Fett coming back from the original trilogy. Thomas, uh, it's just so fun to see uh, this character on screen. Yeah, and I really love this show for, I think, a lot of the reasons that people don't like it. Uh, I love it because it understands that Star Wars is kind of goofy and silly, just inherently. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of weird characters just running around undertaking wacky adventures. Um, but it's still sincere and heartfelt and genuine. And I think this, this show really understands that better than most Star Wars I've seen recently. I agree with you. I, I absolutely love how it pays homage to the original, where it came from. It, it gives you a, a backstory of what happened, which was pretty amazing the way they did that. Uh, but it also is continuing to forward the storylines in the universe that we're seeing now, uh, even, even you know, we're several episodes in, and uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a spoiler. If you like The Mandalorian, stick around because you, you, you may have seen The Mandalorian pop up uh, um, in uh, uh, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, and I think it also does some interesting things by recontextualizing a lot of what we think we know about certain characters and, you know, certain situations, certain people from Star Wars movies. Um, there's some, definitely some heavy commentary on imperialism and colonization and also um, how these matters have had terrible impacts on native cultures. Um, the way they explore the, the Tusken Raiders oh, yes. and sand people in, uh, in this show, which they were kind of portrayed you know, not in the most positive light in the Star Wars main, main franchise. Yeah, the, the but, first film. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the way that we kind of get to understand more of their culture in this film is uh, really fascinating. There's also um, some representation for like the deaf and hard of hearing and uh, the way that uh, there's an entire new language crafted, a uh, sign language, and actually uh, I believe it's Troy Coetzer who was in Coda, Coda. played the father in Coda. He was, um, he was tasked with consultant. Yeah, he was a consultant on developing the language for the Tuscan Raiders in this film. Yeah, really yeah the, the, the character development, Greg, that we're seeing unfold. Have you watched any of the book of Boba Fett yet? I haven't, and I was going to go ahead and finish your thought. I have. Yeah, I, I actually have one. Yeah, the, the, the character development that we're seeing happen with backstories, but also characters that may have been just kind of side characters that you, you know, you saw and you remember, but you didn't think much about. Now you're getting to know them, and uh, that's the beauty of um, seeing uh, what, we're, what, what Disney is doing through with the Star Wars universe by seeing these long-form stories play out. You're able to do so much more. It's, I'm gather from uh, you haven't given your grades yet, but I gather you both like it. But I've I've read a lot of negative stuff about the book of Boba Fett. One was that he was too old, maybe, to be playing the part. I don't know, he had a helmet on for 40 <laughs> years, how do you know? And maybe he was young when he first put it on. But I'd, I've just heard some relatively negative things about this one. 
maybe the worst reviews for this Star Wars series and any of the others that's come before it. Have you read any of this stuff? And if, you, if so, what's your thoughts? I mean, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. People don't like it because it's, um, I think they don't like it because it is so comical in some aspects. And um, that there's this, this classic mythical character of Boba Fett that, you know, we didn't really know much about him other than the fact that he looked cool. And, and he people, got eaten. There have been all these. He got eaten and uh, yeah, returned yeah. to Jedi. Yeah, and so people have kind of built up this, you know, the figure in their mind of what they thought he was. And the show is showing you that he's he's definitely a lot different than that. those kind of like fan fiction characters that yes. they had thought. And, yeah. um, you know, some I understand, like, if your expectations aren't met in that way, I can understand how you might be somewhat turned off by it. But I'm just kind of open to whatever the storytellers want to show me. And, yeah. Uh, Is it a prequel to the original uh, trilogy? Um, no, it's actually after the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh, it's like so five, he got out years. of the sand. Yeah, and, and it shows the how that of happened. the sand thing. Shows how that happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, and, and he has flashbacks uh, as well, which which uh, I, I, I think I think the show is, is well done. Uh, I appreciate seeing these characters come to life, and uh, I, I'm I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know continuing to, to unfold the book. Each chapter is continuing to open and, and show us new things. And um, there was even one whole episode where Boba Fett didn't even show up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it's still part of the same story, connecting what's happening um, surrounding Boba Fett. I mean, you you get to see the huts. It's his you know, orbit, so to speak. His orbit, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and and I'm I'm glad I'm I'm hanging around for this one. Yeah, and I think Tamora Morrison, uh, he continues to just play that role like nobody else could. And he's played he played all the clone troopers in the original or the prequels, and he played Jango Fed, and then of course Boba is the son of Jango. So yeah. I love Tamora Morrison. Also Ming Na Wen as Fennec Shand, the bounty hunter. She's incredible. Yeah, she was an um, Agents of yeah. Shield. Um, she was uh, in that for for a number of years yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna give a solid, solid B plus to the book of Boba Fett, and um, I, uh, there's, at this point, there's a few more episodes left in the season, and uh, I'm really just interested to see how it all, uh, you know, comes together. Then. Yeah, I'm, I'm a solid B on this. It's, uh, it's a, it's, it's really a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, the, the bar continues to be set higher and higher and higher, uh, and so you know, Mandalorian took it well beyond what I expected. To me, this is not. I don't, I don't like this as much as Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, but I also wanted to go back and mention Robert Rodriguez is uh, you know, the director and executive producer on this series. Yeah, and Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. has a great episode where she's directing as well. Yeah. Is Shark Boy going to show up? Shark Boy? <laughs> no, Lava but Girl? Lava Girl does. Spy Kids do, actually. Really? So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Spy yeah. Kids do. Then I'm right. in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there is one episode in particular that you know uh, when you're watching it, it's like, okay, Rodriguez has fingerprints all over it, and he pulled some characters out of Shark Boy and Lava Girl and Spy Kids. <laughs> and a lead of Battle Angel, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Battle Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So yes, uh, well worth well worth checking out. You had a question or or something you wanted to ask, because you you told me to finish my thought. I did. Yeah. Okay. I did. Okay. All right. Uh, I I don't remember. So that says a lot about who you are. Uh, and we are watching right here. We are I watching. I get to edit you. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is meet me at the movies. Uh, Greg Tillman over there. Uh, Tim. Uh, Foster back on the Tim Cam with uh, Burton Ernie and yeah. uh, Thomas Manning uh, right here as well. We're going to take a quick break, uh, quick intermission. Uh, we're going to have some fun and come back and talk about Lost in Space, more sci-fi, uh, and the after party. Uh, all of that and more right after this.
Hi, I'm Nikki Bliss Carroll, your host for Cleveland Connections, the show that explores what's happening at Cleveland Community College. Join us as we sit down with members of faculty and staff to discuss programs of study, upcoming events, and other exciting campus news. We'll have a new show for you each month on C19 TV, or you can stream us online at c19.tv. Tune in and connect with Cleveland Community College on Cleveland Connections. I've seen too many women with breast cancer who could have avoided extensive treatment or even death had they gotten an annual mammogram. If you are 40 or older, get a mammogram every year. To find an accredited center, visit mammographysaveslives.org. At CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber Exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch? <laughs> Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Mr. Greg Tillman. Um, just hanging out over there. Um, and uh, Thomas Manning over here. And, uh, and Tim and the wrecking crew right here uh, on Meet Me at the Movies. Yeah, they're a wreck, all right. <laughs> well, I don't like this show, so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We did go off the rails. Uh, we, we talked, happy 40th, by the way. Yeah, happy 40th to you too, man. Uh, we did, we did it, talk Star Wars. You know, Wars. it's our 40th anniversary, if you, haven't, if you haven't heard that. I have heard We have that. to figure out what to do for our 40th anniversary. <laughs> Should we take this show on the road? <laughs> we can do that. We've done that before. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you, you know, serious? we just had show number 450. Yeah. 450. We're at 451, and I've done yeah. two of these. So I am really happy to be a part of this next 450 right here on Meet Me in the Movies. And the Thomas, next 450? Yeah, that's right. Tim, that's you right. want to give them the bad news, or do I need to do it? What the? <laughs> well, we talked Star Wars before the break. Now we're going to talk Star Trek. And I'm one of those guys who loves both of them for different reasons. And uh, Star Trek, uh, I'm sorry, no, we're not. We're not talking about Star we Trek. We can. We're going to talk, I, I, about, I, we're not, talk about Lost in Space. I'm, it's a I'm whole not other. shy. I like Star Trek. <laughs> well, well start, we've been trying to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Saru, for, by the way, was Saru. the Discovery. Yeah. We've been talk, trying to talk about Discovery for like seven weeks, and it just hasn't happened. It's so, not worth it. So we just we cut it. And now Lost in Space, which was another sci-fi TV series that is now... A, uh, a three-season uh, streaming series that's been rebooted, and I got to tell you, the third season's the best ever. It is. It really is. I thought this, the, the first one, of course, is all exposition. You get things started, right. and I was moderately pleased with the first season. Second season, I thought was a little drift. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, but the lost. third season was just fantastic. <laughs> I thought, very satisfying conclusion. I thought, yet, you know, that last shot of Will and the robot. Yeah. Yeah. Opens it up to maybe, right. you know, something yeah. else. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And I, it looks I, fantastic. Oh, it really, it really does. I, hate, I don't know how much it costs to make that thing. But well, and there was cow. a huge gap between season two and season yeah. three. Mm -hmm. And uh, young Will Robinson 
grew about 12 inches. Yeah, he has uh, a beard longer you know, than mine now. Like, and, and they actually make some jokes referencing that, that, wow, you had a big growth spurt. Yeah. And, and I remember when Thomas was 14 and, you know, between 14 and Last 15. Last year, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he he's shot, 15, he's driving. Shot up like six inches and, you know, you, you had that huge growth spurt. But I, I, I love the storylines with this. I love... Uh, what they've done with the robot, yeah. um, and and I love what they you know have done with you know you, you talk about um, Book of Boba Fett and they, how they look at um, you know utilizing uh, you know how natives are uh, exploited. We see that same kind of thing happening with robots and technology here, and uh, the rebellion of technology against humanity, which which can happen. Sounds a little like Battlestar Galactica. Or, or so many other things Terminator. we've seen, or Terminator, yeah. or so many other things we've yeah. seen throughout history. But uh, through film history and even sci-fi history, the, the written the written word of sci-fi, but I love Lost in Space. Yeah. I, I think as a package, the first three se or the, the three seasons, even if they never did anything else, I, I think it's self-contained. Oh yeah, I think it's solid. Yeah, I think Thomas would enjoy it. I really do. You haven't, you haven't watched it? No. I'm not, no, I haven't watched the original either. So, don't, yeah. don't worry about it. No Stormtroopers okay. in it, I guess. Yeah. That's... <laughs> no. But there are some cool battle sequences. Okay. Right. Yes. So, yeah. 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 Well worth checking out. What's your rating for Lost in Space? Uh, give it a B plus. Yeah, I mean, like, are you talking about complete or just yeah. season three? Season three, A. Yeah, I, I'm with you. A, a solid A. And then I'm with you. Yeah, I think a, a B, B plus. I'm kind of borderline for, mm -hmm. the, for the whole package. But... Uh, check it out. You can find that on Netflix. Um, also, uh, Thomas, uh, we're going to have an after party here in just a little bit uh, when we wrap the show. And there's also a new Apple TV Plus series called The After Party. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is, if you're familiar with the Rashomon narrative style of the you know, Kira Kurosawa film from 1950, which showed one event from three different perspectives, three different flashback perspectives. So basically this entire show is the Rashomon narrative style, but like on some sort of hard drugs or something. <laughs> and so, okay. And so, you know, there's, there's been, all right, so there's been a mysterious death of a celebrity at the after party of a high school class reunion. So then Tiffany Haddish comes in, she's a detective, and uh, she interviews each person who was at the party and they take them through their mind movies, as it's called, of, of that night and of the yeah. events of that night. Um, so the events of the night play back from all of their different perspectives uh, based on their different and wildly contrasting personalities. Yeah. So basically you have like a rom-com flashback sequence, you have a Fast and Furious type flashback sequence, you have a hip-hop musical flashback, and um, this is all just through the first three episodes of the show. Um, and they use different camera work, lighting styles, and editing and dialogue and comedic tones to kind of get you into those different genres. Um, and I think that's ambitious to do that in a yeah. series yeah. Um, because it can be it can be a horrible failure. But I think uh, I think to do that is courageous and ambitious. Yeah, and the series is created by Christopher Miller, um, and it's also produced by his creative partner Phil Lord. And you know these guys from the Lego Movie, from Into the Spider Verse, yeah. the Jump Street movies, uh, Mitchell's Verse the Machines. So. If, you, if you're familiar with all of the other, other projects, then you know what kind of style you're getting into with these. And uh, I think um, you know, they're, they're incredibly talented, whether it's in animation or uh, live action, and uh, they're just creativity continues to inspire and me. This, this show works for you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is available on Apple TV Plus, uh, and through the first three episodes, I'm at a solid A for it. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. It's called The After Party. You can check it out on Apple TV Plus. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but... Uh, one thing we've been we've been teasing Moonfall 
and, and, and that is going to happen next week. Uh, Thomas is going to be checking that out and give us his take. Uh, and you're going to watch it in 3D and IMAX, aren't you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. I want to. I'm going to put like the uh, virtual headsets on it and be a like part a hologram. Of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to get the holodeck. I'm going to get on the holodeck and, and watch it. Uh, but that is coming uh, next week. And also, Murderville uh, opens this week on Netflix. If you're, if you're into improv comedy and cop procedural, you may want to check that out. I'll give you a full uh, range of that. And also, the uh, Blu-ray release from Kino Lorber of FX. We'll talk about that next week as well. Movie quote of the week comes from Will Robinson. The impossible happens all the time. Just have to believe that it can. So for Greg Tillman, for Tim Foster... The Wrecking Crew, Thomas Manning, all of us right here at Meet Me in the Movies. I'm Ultimate Man in the Second. That's a wrap. <laughs> that was horrible. Trails to the